I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wong Takes episode five. You're probably wondering, why is this podcast coming out on Friday? It normally comes out at the beginning of the week. Well, there's just a lot of stuff that I want to get to, a lot of stuff that's happened this week. And there might be another podcast on Monday, too. I'm not sure yet. Only the sports world will tell. Been a little under the weather this week, so excuse me if I sound a little different. But that is the nature of what's going on. So why don't we get started? Topic number one, Devontae Freeman. And we're also going to use that to transition a little bit into the pay of various sports leagues. So he got... Oh, this week, the richest contract for a running back in NFL history at five years, $41.25 million, $41,250,000. That's about $8 million a year, and you might be saying, well, that's a lot. Well, yeah, compared to itself it is, because he's the highest paid running back in NFL history, but compared to the NBA, those, that contract is pretty small for a star breakout player like he was. For example, Tyler Johnson, a guard for the Miami Heat, who's played about 70-something career games, I think, maybe a little less than that, he got a $50 million contract this year. And that's because when the NBA players have more power, they can negotiate for better for a better agreement, collective bargaining agreement, and they can get more money. And we see that clearly. The NFL, These NFL stars, they should be paid more because the NFL is obviously a more brutal sport. The NBA is hard on your body, but the NFL can cause you to die. So the NFL players deserve more money, and what do they need to do that? To achieve this goal, they need to restructure their collective bargaining agreement that they have with the league. So the most recent collective bargaining agreement they signed at the beginning of the decade, and therefore it's eligible to be restructured after the 2020 season. And if they, don't, if they want to get bigger contracts or renegotiate something else in the agreement sooner, they're going to have to strike and hopefully bring the league to the negotiating table to get a better CBA. And I've heard the strike logic in various cases, and this is an interesting proposition that could be reasonable because you have activists or players in the NFL that are willing to speak out, for example, Colin Kaepernick or Richard Sherman. And when you see some of these figures compared to, say, the NBA, the NFL makes $14 billion a year in annual revenue compared to the NBA, which made $8, million, $8 billion in revenue. So the NFL so the NFL does have many more players, so there's more of that money to be spread around, but the NFL players should still get a bigger cut of the revenue so they can make more of the money, and you have more of that money to be passed around. And these contracts aren't necessarily guaranteed either, unlike the NBA, so it's crucial that you get more of bigger or bigger cut of that revenue. Next, we're going to talk about the NBA schedule changes. So this week, the NBA released a memo detailing some changes to the scheduling of the NBA. And this is to help counteract the rest that you see from big games like the Warriors and the Cavs that want to save their stars for the postseason. So some of the things that they fixed are there are no more four games in five nights. So that's a back-to-back, a rest day, and a back-to-back. And those are brutal for NBA players, especially when you have to travel in between each of those games. It's, it's really a pain. 
And also they're going to eliminate or they're going to get have fewer back-to-backs, which is also beneficial for players. They have more time to rest and recover between games. Also, the season is going to start two weeks earlier to build in time for those no more four games and five nights and fewer back-to-backs. So we're just talking about the NFL and the new, uh, new possible collective bargaining agreement. This is when the NBA has a better one. This is what you see, where you see things happening for the players. And this is also just keeping the NBA, this is keeping their momentum going. Their popularity has been growing, and you just saw this is becoming a year-round NBA schedule, a year-round NBA news cycle. There's always something to talk about, because you've got the increased popularity of the Summer League, with it being on ESPN, and these big stars that people want to come out and see. And also you've got these super teams forming in various various markets that might not have been big markets. Like in Oklahoma City, you've got Paul George and Russell Westbrook. That's a small market that's getting this big team. They had Kevin Durant before, but now there's multiple big super teams. And also a big part that's going to also keep this NBA getting more popular going is they're trying to make sure that there aren't any nationally televised games for teams that are on back end, on the back end of back-to-backs. So what that means is, like, say you've got a team, and they play a night, and then the next night, they will not have a nationally televised game. Because most of the time, the stars that rested were on the back end of back-to-backs. Didn't really matter the competition, they just would rest then so that they could have the time to recover. But if you don't put your nationally televised games, your big games on the back end of back-to-backs, that means more people are going to be tuning in to see these stars, and you won't get that bad publicity of, hey, these fans, they came 500 miles just to see these stars play, and now they're not playing. So that gets rid of that publicity. Also, you get to promote your stars more because you get to say, hey, we know player X is going to be playing. We know Steph Curry is going to be playing. We know LeBron is going to be playing. So come and check out these big games on national television And also, you've got these subset of these nationally televised games, the Christmas Day games, which draw a lot of attention because people are staying in, opening presents, visiting relatives or whatever, and they're in the house in the morning, and they're going to be watching these games. you got Cavs Warriors, you got Celtics Wizards, you got Thunder Rockets. So in that midday to primetime slate, you've got an NBA Finals rematch, you've got an Eastern Conference Semifinals rematch, which has been an an intense rivalry the last couple of years. And also you've got the MVP going up against the second MVP and arguably two of the most exciting and dynamic players, offensive players in the league. So this has just been a great off season for the NBA, great couple of seasons for the NBA. You can see that these schedule changes are really going to make a difference and raise the ratings for the NBA. Okay. Now next we're going to move on to a topic that, for a lot of the American listeners, will not really be a familiar topic because this hasn't really gotten much run. But it's really big in the Spanish-speaking world, in Mexico. So if you don't know, Rafael Marquez, who is a legendary Mexican soccer player, he's a four-time World Cup captain for the Mexican soccer team, which is just crazy to think about for that kind of longevity and greatness. And he's been involved in a drug scandal The U.S. Treasury has claimed that he has helped, they called him a front person, for a drug kingpin named Raul Flores Hernandez in money laundering and, like I said, drug trafficking. And money laundering is essentially taking money that you made illegally and making it legal, which is a crime. 
and drug trafficking is just bringing over drugs from Mexico to the United States or something along those lines. And this is actually a pretty big investigation. According to the Treasury, there's over 20 people involved in this, in this, in this development, and 42 Mexican entities were involved in this. So this is a pretty far-reaching, a far-reaching sanction. And so what does this mean for him? For Marquez, this means that it freezes all of his assets, including his bank accounts and his real estate holdings, so he can't move them or sell them or anything. And also his football club in Mexico, they have said that he can't be with the team until this whole issue is resolved. So this is a pretty substantial claim to go against his credibility, to go against his image in Mexico, which is overwhelmingly positive. And of course, he has denied these claims. He has said that he has nothing to do with them. So this is still, to some extent, this is still a developing story. And we don't have all the facts quite yet. And this is kind of still symbolic because I recently saw a documentary, I think about a few months ago, about the Escobars in Colombia and the cocaine and drug scandal that involves soccer players and a big drug dealer, Pablo Escobar. And so drug trafficking, this is still a big deal in Mexico and in some other countries where it's still a far-reaching issue where it connects with everything from drug kingpins to athletes to... And there's also a Mexican singer that was enveloped in this sanction. So drugs are still a big deal and we still are waiting to see how exactly this is going to affect him or how these how true this really is. All right. Number 4, this is a developing story this morning or today, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. If you didn't hear, he was suspended 6 games out of 16 in the season for his role in a domestic violence case and multiple domestic violence cases. And this is pretty substantial. According to league advisors, or according to the release notes, league advisors, quote, were of the view that there is substantial and persuasive evidence supporting a finding that he, Elliot, engaged in physical violence on multiple occasions, end quote. So this is a, on multiple occasions, so this has happened more than one time, this is a developing story. And he is probably going to appeal, or nothing official has been announced yet, he's probably going to appeal the suspension, and the owner, Jerry Jones, is obviously unhappy with it. So, first of all, analysis is that, of course, we hope he can settle down in the future. He's probably learned from this offseason. He's had multiple off-field distractions, ranging from marijuana to interactions with females to, of course, this domestic violence dispute. And hopefully he can learn from these mistakes and go forward with a with a better sense of judgment and kind of what it is like to be in the NFL. But also, on the football field, what are some things about the suspension? The Cowboys should be fine. They've got a good running back depth. They've got Darren McFadden, who had some good years in Oakland, Alfred Morris, who put some decent years up in Washington, and Ronnie Hillman, who's, a vet, who's been in the league for a little while. So they've got that. They've got a great offensive line. So... They should be able to run behind them, at least decently, because your offensive line is half the battle. And also, they've got some, still have Dak Prescott, and they still have their perimeter weapons, Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, who emerged last year. So they're probably going to be fine, especially it's just six games, and the division is not the strongest. So they can still 
come out of that. They were 13-3 and three last year, so they have room to get weaker and still develop their game without Ezekiel in there. And also, because to us this is very important, fantasy football. I think this is kind of obvious, but Ezekiel, he's probably, if you've already drafted, he's probably a top five pick. If you haven't, he will probably be a top five pick. And he's still worth having for production after the six, for his production after the six weeks, especially in the fantasy playoffs, which are going to be down the stretch. The Cowboys are definitely going to be in the hunt for the playoffs, if not their division for sure. And so he's going to get a lot of touches toward the end of the year, and he's going to be great to have on your roster. He's an RB1 for sure. But also, you should maybe draft Darren McFadden, who's probably the primary back for the Cowboys, though they'll be splitting touches, in the later rounds of your draft. Maybe if you're in a 10-team league, probably the 12th or the 13th round, he should be there still. And Or if you've already drafted, grab him, because he's probably still on waivers unless someone already picked him up. But yeah, he'll probably get the most touches, and he's going to be great, especially behind that offensive line we talked about. He's going to get some good yards for the boys. And finally, on this early episode of the Wong Takes, a little bit about the Premier League. It is back in England across the pond. The 2017-18 campaign has just finished off their first match of the year. It's a thrilling game. Arsenal beat Leicester City 4-3 on an 85th minute header by Olivier Giroud to cap off various swing lead changes back and forth and just great to see. A little bit about the odds if you're interested for the favorites. Manchester City are the favorites at 9-5, to five, so that means if you bet $100, you win $180. Manchester United is 3-1, to one, bet $100, win $300. Chelsea is at 13-4, to four, bet $100, win $325. And if you're interested for whatever reason, the betting least favorite is Huddersfield Town at 2,000-1. to one. So if you bet $100, you'd win $200K, which I guess is not a terrible investment. No, it is, but... They were recently promoted, along with two other clubs, and they're projected to do the worst. So, other than those, some big transfers to look out for this year. Bernardo Silva is a 22-year-old Portuguese midfielder who came from France and Monaco by way of Portugal. And he made a transfer to Man City, and they also upgraded their team, so that's part of the reason why they're favorites over defending champion Chelsea, who are third betting favorites. Also, Romelu Lukaku, the Belgian striker, who if you play FIFA, I'm sure you're familiar with, moved from Everton to Manchester United, putting them firmly in second place as far as the betting favorites go. And also, a big one in the Spanish-speaking world, Javier Hernandez, a.k.a. Chicharito, goes to West Ham moving from his club in Mexico. So he should be fun to watch. And the Premier League, we will probably not talk about it too much on the podcast, but when there are big stories from one of the world's top football leagues, we will keep you updated. All right, that is our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our website, thewongtakes.wixsite.com slash thewongtakes, W-I-X-S-I-T-E. And there you can 
check out the various links to the podcast, and also send in questions that could be read on the show. Also, check out the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the long takes there. You can also send in questions on the patron feed, or you could even get your name shouted out on this podcast a little bit earlier than this, so when people were still listening. Also, Email thewongtakes at gmail.com. There you can also send in questions. You can email questions. I will read them on the show and answer them to the best of my ability. And send in comments, questions, concerns, etc. Thank you for listening, and I will see you maybe Monday, but for certain next week.